I guess it's only fitting, like I said, as I returned from one of the longest short-term mission trips I've ever been on that we're talking about Jonah and how far he went to try and avoid doing what God had called him to do. You know, I had people asking me before this trip, why would you go that far? Why would you pay that much money to serve people in another country when we have people right here in our own country, in our own community, that we should take care of and serve first? And I always say, you know what, you're right, we do. We have that need. How about you send out letters and you make phone calls and you help me collect $3,500 is around the cost of the trip that I'm going on. And we can go around right here in this community and meet those needs right here. And then the response changes. Uh, well, that's, that's not what I meant. You know, <laughs> I didn't mean exactly that. And the backpedaling starts a little bit. And the reality is, the reason I share that is because more times than we want to admit, we all share some of Jonah's character traits. And we're going to get into those in just a second. Will you pray with me? Father God, I ask that today, as, as we look at your prophet Jonah, uh, he, he was far from perfect, and so are we. Uh, as we look at his character traits, at some of the things that kind of made him tick, uh, as we see where we parallel with those character traits, I pray that you will, you will begin to change our hearts, that we will begin to, to want to move away from some of those character traits, from some of those thoughts. And I pray that you will give us the strength and the courage and the, and the fortitude to act in such a way. Um, I thank you that you're a God of second chances, that, that you're a God who restores, that you don't leave us alone when we stumble, but you lift us back up. I ask that you'll be with us right now as we look at your word, as we look at this example. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Today I want to share with you as I said, some of the character traits of Jonah. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Jonah chapter 3. And as you're turning there, I want to tell you about these character traits. I picked three. There are probably a lot more. I picked three. One, he was prejudiced. If you didn't know that, you do now. Jonah was prejudiced. The other one is Jonah was prideful and he was vengeful. Uh, you may or may not know people that have these character traits. Don't look around, okay? Um, but I, I, need to, I need you to know this. And I know that I need to warn you about them. The consequences of having these types of character traits is pretty clear when we really get into the story of Jonah. Uh, I also want to say Andy and Matthew did a great job in getting this series started. I've listened uh, to what they shared, and and so I know from what they shared, I know you all have been studying and reading through Jonah, chapters 1 and 2 and 3, your personal study time, so we're ready to jump right into this. Um, Some of Jonah's character traits that I want to share with you are brought to light in these early chapters, okay? First off, we learn from Jonah chapter 1 that he was prejudiced, like I said. For whatever reason, he could not stand the people of Nineveh. Some history writers say that, that he had valid reasons for not liking the Ninevites, but the reality is, even if we think we have a good reason to be prejudiced against somebody, well, we don't. Simply, Jesus tells us in Matthew five forty four, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I, I spoke on this a few weeks ago. And, and did he really mean we should love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us? Yes, he did. And, and here's the thing, Christian. Because of this command, we should have no room in our lives for prejudice of any kind. As a matter of fact, if we were to follow his example, if we were to be his reflection here on earth, how can we do anything other than what Jesus asks us to do? We need to set aside our prejudices and we need to love our enemies. We need to love the people in our community, no matter what our differences may be. As far as Jonah, he was prejudiced. And the sad thing is his prejudice made him prideful. It allowed him, it kind of paved a way for pride and his pride got the best of him. 
When he refused to go to Nineveh, it was because of his pride. His pride led him to believe that he knew better than God, that his ideas were better than God's ideas and what should be done. And we think, well, how, how could he be so prejudiced and prideful? What's wrong with Jonah? How can God is speaking to him and he is saying, I'm going the opposite direction. How could he be so prideful? And I say, oh, what's wrong with us? How can we be so prideful and so prejudiced? And you're sitting there going, wait a minute, you don't know me well enough to say that I'm prideful and prejudiced. And you may be right. But have you ever done the exact opposite of what you know God would have you do? You don't have to answer that out loud. But when we do these things, when we do the opposite of what we know God would have us do, we are basically saying to God, like Jonah, that we know better than he does. We're being like Jonah and saying, Nineveh is not where I should go. I'm going to Tarshish instead. And then you end up in the belly of a big fish for three or four days, three days, praying and repenting. And Jonah chapter 2, verse 10 says, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. That's where pride and prejudice gets you. The problem with Jonah, the problem with his pride, is that it made him vengeful. We're going to pick up in Jonah chapter 3. And he's, he's now on dry land again, back where he should have gone to the first time. And chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was his message. Whoa. The microphone has been overthrown. Um, it was a simple sermon. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows, God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And when God saw what they did, they turned from their evil way. God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. You know, this, this is not something that took place in just one day. They, they didn't have Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and CBS News and things like this. this. This kind of a decree, this took a few days to get the word out. And when it did, the people of Nineveh changed. And because they repented, because our God would rather restore than tear down, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them. That's great news. Let's celebrate life with Nineveh. Let's celebrate, Jonah. Uh-uh. Jonah says, wait, wait. God's not going to wipe out Nineveh. Jonah gets mad about this. He's so full of vengeance. His prejudice allows him to be prideful. And being full of pride brings him into a place of vengeance. 
He wants to see Nineveh destroyed. He wants to see these people suffer the wrath of God. He didn't want to preach the message to the Ninevites. That's why he left in the first place. He didn't want to preach that message because he knew that God is a God of second chances. And he didn't want to see those people live. He didn't want to see them prosper. He didn't want to see them forgiven. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever not wanted to see someone forgiven? He didn't want to preach that message. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That is an eight-word sermon. You guys would love it if I preached an eight-word sermon. Maybe I would if your response was the same as the people of Nineveh. Oh! Andy wrote that in this morning. I don't know. It's not my handwriting. Uh, But Jonah didn't even want to preach that message. He knew if Nineveh repented and changed their ways that God would forgive them. He didn't want the Ninevites to accept this message from God. He didn't want God to forgive them. And it all goes back to him being prejudiced. His prejudice allowed him to be prideful. And being full of pride turned him into being someone who was vengeful. Because of his desire for vengeance, he forgot something very important. I think he forgot that, first off, vengeance belongs to the Lord. We sometimes forget that. We... We get, we get excited and, and somewhat self-righteous when someone offends us and we just want to strike quick and fast and not worry about the forgiveness option until later after we've made our point. But Jonah, he, he didn't even want to get there. He forgot that vengeance belongs to the Lord. I think, he, I think that because of his desire for vengeance that he forgot that the Ninevites, who he considered his enemy, were also created in God's image too. You know, it's hard to look at somebody as your enemy when you look at them through the filter that they were created in God's image just like we were. Brings new light to that whole pray for your enemy, those who persecute you. But when we get caught up with prejudice, when we get caught up with pride, we get caught up with with vengeance and thinking that we should be justified for something, we forget that those same people need forgiveness just like we do, that those same people were created in the image of God like we were. And Jonah... That's a, that's a bad progression to get into. And Jonah's being full of pride, like I said, allowed him to be vengeful, his desire for vengeance, allowed him for, to forget who he served. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had that moment where you forget who you serve? Yeah. You're headed for Tarshish when God has asked you to go to Nineveh and share a word. You know God wants you to do something, and we, we sometimes think we serve ourselves first, and well, I'll do that later. I need to do this first. No, we need to go where God is leading us. Jonah was a prophet of God. He was one of a handful of people over the whole span of time that actually heard from God. And because of all these character traits together, though, he ends up trying to flee from the presence of the Lord. And that's what makes this story, in my mind, somewhat quasi-comical. Because here's Jonah who who has heard specifically from God and yet thought he can get away from God. And then I see that we do the same things. We, we hear from God through his word or through something that someone shares with us, a need or something, and, and we go the opposite direction. And then Jonah finds himself in the belly of a great fish. He was then vomited onto the land of the place he was supposed to go to to begin with. He preached a message he didn't want to preach to a people that he didn't want to see saved. And he argued with God because our God is loving and forgiving and he offers second chances. Wow. 
What was Jonah thinking? I wish there was more to this story. There actually is in chapter 4, but we're going to get into that next week. I want you to consider this. Anytime that you know you should do something for the Lord and you don't do it, you are using one of these character traits of Jonah. Anytime that we don't follow what God's Word says, we're being prideful. We're telling God that we know better than He does. When we refuse to help someone because they're different than us, then we are showing that same prejudice or that same vengefulness that Jonah showed. When we know what will honor God, but we refuse to do it, are we being just as prejudiced and stubborn and prideful as Jonah? I, I don't know some of you well enough to answer these questions for you, but I do know that if you struggle with any of these things, there's good news for you. And the good news is that our God is a God of second chances. He has designed a way for us to be blessed by his second chances even today. The good news is that Jesus died for us as the final sacrifice for all sin. It's good news that he was buried in a tomb and that he was there for three days. It's good news that he was raised from the dead on the third day. He beat death so that we may live eternally. And it's also good news that he was seen after he was raised from the dead. On the other side of this good news, there are some things that we need to do. First off, we need to die to ourselves. Jonah learns this one the hard way. We need to die to ourselves. We need to confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We need to bury our old self in the waters of baptism for the forgiveness of our sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And after we do those things, we need to be raised to walk in the newness of Christ. We need to leave our old self behind. How do you think the story of Jonah would have gone if it stopped at Jonah got vomited onto the land and then went back to the fish? Because that's what we do. We come up to walk a newness of life, but we go back to, to the rotten and the stinky and the what's inside rather than to what God's calling us to do. We need to do these things. We need to leave our old self behind. One of the most important things we can do to avoid these character traits of Jonah is we need to be seen. We need to be observed. We need to be watched. Our light needs to shine. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in our families, in our community, in our church, in our jobs, at our schools. Whether we walk across the street or across town or go across the world, we have a story to tell about an amazing God. He created us in His image. He loves us. He forgives us. He restores us. And even when we act like Jonah, He does those things. Amen? I don't know if you actually knew about any of these things that I've talked about just now before you came here. But leaving here today, you are without excuse. You have heard God's word proclaimed. And now you have to respond to what you've heard. Your response can be to become a Christian through submitting your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and dying to your old self in the waters of baptism to be forgiven for your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and to walk in a newness of life. That can be a response. Or your response can be one of repentance. Christian, if you've been missing the mark, if you've been going, going back around to Tarshish instead of Nineveh or wherever it is that God's calling you, and you've kind of been skirting around what you're called to do, if you've been going the wrong way, you need to turn around before you get thrown overboard and swallowed by a great fish, come and repent. Ask God for, for accountability in your life and be grateful that our God is a God of second chances. Your response may be simply to ignore everything you've heard here today, and continue to live your life the same way. But no matter what your response is, the Bible says you will be held accountable for what you know, for the knowledge that you now have. 
And my prayer is that you will respond to God's word in amazing ways. And that no matter where you find yourself today, you will realize there's no place that far that God can't hear you. There's no place that far where God won't be there for you. There's no place that far where he won't restore you. Now, I don't know about you, but I have found myself in some strange places. But even on my worst day, I never found myself in the belly of a great fish. There's no place that far that God won't step in and begin to restore us. And maybe you don't have an issue with prejudice or pride or vengefulness. Whatever it is that is separating you from God, you are not that far away that he won't begin to restore you if you let him. Because we are blessed to serve a God of second chances. Will you stand and sing with us and respond to our God? Let him know today if you're in need of a second chance. It's great to be back and it's been great to worship with you all today. But now it's time for us to go. As you go this week, remember, don't be like Jonah. And remember the things that Christ did. We need all four of these things to appreciate the good news. Jesus accomplished all four of these things once and for all. He died as a final sacrifice. He was buried, he was raised from the dead, and he was seen. And likewise, we need to do the same. We need to die to ourselves daily. We need to bury our old self and our sinful nature. And we need to go and be seen as a reflection of him. Every day we need to do that. Everywhere we go. Have a great week.